The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello there, and welcome to Circling the Bases podcast right here on the NBC Sports Edge podcast network. I am Colin Henderson, and joining me today, as always, is Chris Crawford. Chris, how is it going, my sir? It's going all right. How about yourself, man? It's been uh, it's nice to see that it's starting to look a little more like spring here. How about uh, in your neck of the woods? Oh, no, it's a winter hellhole over here, but it's fine. It's it's okay. I mean, unfortunately, I have absolutely nothing to do right now. So if there ever was a time for it to be a a just an absolute snow globe outside, this is the time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Here on the pod, we are talking everything that has happened in the last week of baseball. Uh, really, just anything that is newsworthy across the sport. Meanwhile, DJ and Drew have been doing positional rankings. Um, on episodes for Friday and Mondays. So make sure that you guys are checking those out. They've already done the entire infield, and I believe outfield and catcher are up next before pitchers. So those episodes have been great. I highly recommend you give a listen before you do any drafting this upcoming year. Lots of great information there. And like I said, meanwhile, Chris and I will be covering the rest of the sport right here on Wednesdays. And you know what, Chris? Let's get right into it. With a story near and dear to your heart, as Mariners president, Kevin Mather, has resigned from his role following his comments to the Bellevue Rotary Club. By the way, a phrase I'm going to remember for quite a long time is Bellevue Rotary Club. For sure. Uh, Look, if you've been following baseball at all, you've heard this story. And Chris, I'm just going to throw it to you in a second, but in case you haven't heard the story for some reason, uh, Mariners president, Kevin Mather basically spoke in public out loud to people, not off the record, but out loud for reasons unbeknownst to me um, and said a bunch of things and not all of them were, and most of them were not very good. Mainly two big things outlined. He outlined service time manipulation that players have been fearing for years and owners have constantly said it's not a real thing. Hey, guess what? He said it out loud. And, and I think on a even more, and he, even worse stance. He made a bunch of callous remarks about some of the Mariners foreign born players and interpreters really just not nothing good coming out of that. And he has resigned Chris as our resident Seattleite. Is that the, is that the terminology Seattle in close enough, close enough. Uh, Seattleite works as our, yeah, as our resident Seattleite, 
I'm going to let you just take this one and run with it. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head with the word callous because that's what those comments were. I mean, they were insensitive and, you know, a lot of people w were saying that they were candid. I have, I take issue with that because yeah, he was telling the truth, but candid seems to almost give him a pass. And I, I, I must admit, I went on a radio show on uh, Monday to talk about it and he resigned just before I started going on the show and it kind of made me angry that this guy was given a chance to resign because he should have been fired. And let's be completely honest. And I said this on the show as well. He should have been fired years ago for the sexual harassment issues that followed him. This is not a, a new controversy thing to have controversy. It's just it's, it's deplorable. It is one of the worst things I've seen. I, I, I said this as well. I've been following the Mariners for their basically existence outside of six years. And this is as low as it gets for a, a, a team that has not made the playoffs in 20 years. This is one of the worst things I've seen. And, you know, it, it's just the, the sad part is, is that the reason Kevin Mather was fired and my f f uh, friend Patrick DeBuck wrote a really good piece on this is he didn't get fired for those comments, he got fired for being caught saying those comments mm -hmm. because yeah. this is an MLB problem. This is something that's going on throughout the industry and it's just despicable. And I I, I wish, I, the, the comments especially about Julio Rodriguez and Hisashi Wakuma are racist. They are racist comments. He volunteered information about, without even being asked, about how well they speak English. And it's, uh, I always say this word wrong. I always say patronizing. It's patronizing to even talk about this. They, these guys are not hired to speak English, but Julio Rodriguez is working his you-know-what off to host a YouTube show in English to be better about this stuff. It, it really, yesterday was a, Sunday was a sad day, and then Monday was sadder that I saw that he resigned on his own accord and then was thanked for his services yeah I, I i just i can't deal with it it's very sad and it my fandom i've talked about a lot has taken a hit over these years because of what i do and sunday was just about the the final acts in the back yeah it i i've heard some people try and defend or try and miscon you know say that he was misconstrued and all of those <laughs> arguments are just straight up wrong as Absolutely. you said and i think that is the the highlight of all of this is that he didn't get fired or resign as as nice as we're going to put that he didn't resign right. because of what he said he resigned because he got caught saying it and yeah. when you look at this in you know obviously from a franchise standpoint it's a terrible look for the franchise especially one yeah. that has done such a great job of bringing in asian players and bringing yeah. them over here i mean iwa yeah. iwakuma and ichiro and others like this is you guys have basically been a pipeline for yeah, Asian 100%. players to come over. And now you're just kind of smacking them in the face for doing so makes no sense, no. but to pan out even farther, we're going into a negotiation at the end of this season between the players and the owners and the players have been saying for years, you guys are trying to manipulate us yeah. with service time and with, with arbitration and all the rest and owners have said, Oh no, of course not. We're just making sure these guys are seasoned before we bring them up. And then this comes out. And this is exactly what every player has been saying for years is happening. And owners have plain uh, have uh, claimed ignorance and yeah. now they can't. And when we talk about 
this is going to get brought up a lot in about a year's time when we're having this negotiation, when players, oh, are, yeah. when owners are claiming otherwise, and players are going to say, look at the transcript. He said it. He said it out yeah. loud. He said it to a room of people. It's a bad look. And while this is a black eye right now, I am very worried about what this means 10 months from now when we're having those real negotiations. I mean, I don't know if you saw Josh Donaldson's tweet, but he said he thanked Kevin Mather because he said it out loud. Yeah. He liter- they literally have proof of this. I, You know, it's kind of funny for those of you who see the video. I'm actually wearing a Tacoma Rainier's hat right now because um, that's where the best players are going to be playing for the, the Mariners in 2021, at least to start the season now. I think this does have some fantasy relevance, too, because I do – Wonder if the Mariners will go into corrective mode here and maybe Jared Kelnick makes the roster now. Maybe this is a thing where, boy, the one way to make the proof that this wasn't collusion is to say, no, he was off base, that Jared Kelnick was always going to be our opening day left fielder, that type of thing. Can't help but wonder now, but it's it's really sad. And those comments about Kelnick turning down the um, the six-year deal. I mean, talk about just totally inappropriate. I mean, yeah. it just it's absolutely none of those people's business. And shame on those people for not making this public immediately, uh, I have to say. I mean, that thing was recorded February 5th, and we didn't find yeah. out. We wouldn't have found out about it if somebody just didn't happen to find this thing online. I mean, this thing was hidden, and then it became real unhidden very quickly. But this is a storyline that is going to follow organizations for a long, long time. The Mariners are just the face of it right now. Absolutely. Let's move over to Oakland. As Oakland is uh, a little bit of a big mover over the past week as they make two signings to their major league roster, starting with Trevor Rosen- Rosenthal. Uh, he signs with the Athletics on a one-year deal worth $11 million. However, it's split up in the weirdest way. Three million this year, three million next year, and then five million in twenty twenty three. Okay, um, go get your money at some point. I don't mind. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal was real good last year. Was Brilliant. real good last year. Registered a one nine ERA, a .845 WHIP, a thirty eight to eight K walk ratio across twenty three and a third innings between the Royals and Padres. I mean, he was really good last year. And when we talked about this free agent class of relievers, which was a pretty decent free agent class of relievers, I feel like Rosenthal was not talked about in the same level as the Liam Hendricks or even the Alex Colomays. I think even they got a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, yeah, shine going out here. I mean, I think Trevor May got a little bit more shine than Trevor Rosenthal coming into this offseason. Meanwhile, Rosenthal signs with Oakland who just went out last week and just completely up their bullpen signing uh, Petit and Romo in addition to the Dykeman who is already there. So that's a pretty deep bullpen now. And Rosenthal is going to step in as the at least de facto closer to start off this right. year. And I think that's a really nice spot for him to land. I think it's a great spot. And it's, it's so fun to see because in 2019, if we were doing this podcast, we'd be talking about how sad everything was for Trevor Rosenthal. Yeah. I mean, those those numbers, I did the daily dose uh, on that signing, and um, boy, they were hard to look at. I mean, an ERA of, I believe, 13.5, yeah. and I know the sample size. The thing is, the sample size between 2020 and 2019, not that different because of the truncated season. So, I mean, he really struggled. The key with Rosenthal is going to be the key that – 
was his issue in St. Louis at times, and it was the it could be the issue going forward. Is is he going to throw enough strikes? And because when he throws enough strikes, he's as good, if not better, than the overwhelming majority of relievers in baseball. I mean, he has swing and miss stuff for days. I believe averages over twelve strikeouts per nine innings, but also that's a walk rate above four. It's it's just about whether or not he can maintain the self-inflicted damage and if he can do that he's going to be great and i love the oakland ballpark for him all of that foul ball territory that's mm-hmm. that's a huge advantage for a guy like that for a, a pitcher that's hard to score up you you fell off a lot of pitches off trevor rosenthal and th- those are going to turn into pop-ups and I, I really like this landing spot i think that contract is bizarre as all get out <laughs> yeah. it's ba- it's basically what they were trying to do with marcus simeon is they were trying mm-hmm. to do Something similar with that. And so they clearly – I joked on Twitter that I feel bad for the guy that they have to DFA in 2023 because they have to pay Trevor Rosenthal $5 million. But it, that, that organization needs some help. But they got some help for 2021. I think Trevor Rosenthal will be a very, very good – probably in that second tier of closures for me. 99th percentile in fastball velocity, 99th percentile in in whiff percentage, or excuse me, 95th percentile, 99th percentile in in strikeout percentage, 99th percentile in expected batting average. I mean, like there are so many great numbers that he put up last year. All of everything that he did last year was perfect. I am genuinely excited to see what he can do this year. That Oakland team, look, we walk into every single year kind of forgetting that Oakland exists a little bit. Yeah. And suddenly, and every single year, they put together a competent team. And I think this is a really nice signing. This bullpen suddenly went from a weakness to a strength in about the time of a week and a half. And I want to see what this Oakland Athletics team can do in an AL West that I think is very wide open. So, very. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great call. Uh, let's – Stick with Oakland as Mitch Moreland also signs with the Athletics on a one-year $2.25 million contract. Mitch Moreland, while not exactly the sexiest fantasy player of all time by any stretch of the imagination, is still a relevant fantasy player. And I think that's something that people tend to overlook. First off, his splits are really nice. The guy can hit the ball when he is in the right spot and with Chris Davis not being there anymore after being traded to the Rangers, you would expect Mitch Moreland maybe be taking over the majority of DH at bats for the athletics, which inherently makes him a fantasy option. Yeah, absolutely. I I really like this. This is a, an underrated signing. I think that, you know, you know what you're going to get from Mitch Moreland for better or worse. I mean, yeah, the fact that he's going to be limited to first base and DH, you know, hurts his, his value a little bit. But, you know, you're going to get that 270 to 285 average, maybe even a little higher, provide plenty of pop, even playing in um, a little more difficult park than he's played in in the past. But, you know, um, Mitch Marlin could hit, and I think he's going to hit in the middle of a good but not great lineup. I think he's going to provide – get plenty of chances to drive in runs. There's there's a lot to like about this guy. And we seem to underrate him every year. He seems to be that guy who, you know, I think maybe we thought he was on the tail end of his career after a bad season, a couple of bad or mediocre seasons, I would say. But lately he's been really good. And, you know, he struggled, I think, after this, that trade to the Padres. Way too small a sample to take seriously there. Um, I think he's going to help, and I think he can be, you know – if he's your utility guy in a 12-team lead, I can think of worse guys. And at the very worst, I, he's definitely a guy I'd want on my bench 
definitely a streamer option for when he's facing right-handed pitching as well. Yeah, when he's facing right-handed pitching, that's when you have to not not lock him in, but pretty close because that's how nice he is against right-handed pitching. Look, and like you said, we know Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland has been eerily consistent over the last yeah. real decade outside of one blip in, what is that, 2014. I mean, we're talking yeah. at least a 245 batting average and at least 19 home runs basically every single year. So there is a floor, but it's a nice floor, and it's a floor yeah, that you absolutely. can live with. And like you said, sure. if I'm out on the – you know, if I'm not in the top high end designated hitter pool, the JD Martinez or the Nelson Cruz, if I have a lot of positional flexibility on my roster where I can lock someone into that utility spot, Mitch Moreland, not a bad guy to not only play, but stream. And Mitch Moreland is a huge, I'm a huge fan of him when it comes to DFS. Just if you can find the right matchup for him, he can be a guy you can pay absolutely nothing for on a daily on a daily marker and you can come out with, you know, a home run and a double and really make up some, really make up some ground. Absolutely. So Mitch Marlon, a nice da- uh, daily fantasy play, especially when he has the right splits. For sure. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's head over to my Yankees as they make it official and bring back Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner, the longest tenured Yankee, the only Yankee still remaining there from the 09 championship team. I have a lot of takes on this. My two main ones being, one, it's really nice to see a team like the Yankees, a team that is ready to win right now and has been for the last couple of years, still going out of their way to bring back a clubhouse leader, and someone with such a long tenure. I mean, look, baseball players are, especially at his age in this free agent market are all but cast aside. It's tough for them to find major league invites to spring training at this point. The fact that the Yankees were willing to bring back Brett Gardner, I think is just a classy showing from a team and a, and a player who have meant so much to each other. But my other flip side of this is bringing back Brett Gardner means that he needs at bats. 
And if you yeah. are going to play him in at-bats, that means you are going to take at-bats away from Clint Frazier. And that is the one thing that I can't allow this year. It just – it. I think one of the most frustrating positions in all of baseball is to be Clint Frazier for the last four years. If he was on literally any other team, literally any other team other than the Dodgers, he is starting and he's been starting for a couple of years. And instead he's on the Yankees. Everyone loves Brett Gardner. That's great. But Clint Frazier can't because every single time Brett Gardner resigns with them. Great. There's another 200 at bats that just got taken away from him. Yeah, that's that's the thing about this. And like like you said, you hit the nail on the head. It's great to have Brett Gardner back in the clubhouse. Um, it's great that I'll be able to make some jokes about uh, him doing hitting the clubhouse with the uh, the dugout with the. Bats. I still that's don't new. understand that. I still have that's, never understood that the stupid thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. It. I've never understood yeah. it. It's. Uh, I joke that it was probably stealing signs for the Astros, but it was. Uh, it's. Uh, See, that would make is, sense. I would like it. Then. Yeah, I would like it. Then, oh, if that's for what sure. Doing. Heck yeah. I mean, <laughs> subtlety is super overrated. Um, I think the thing about Brett Gardner is, is that he should be kind of your safety net if Clint Frazier doesn't live up to expectations. If he really can't handle, and he he should be able to. I mean, he has all of the offensive talent in the world. That bat speed is just sick. Not a great defensive player, but he no. he should be, in my opinion, your everyday left fielder. Mm-hmm. But I really wonder what's going to happen here. And the, and there's something about loyalty too. And I would imagine that we're going to see Cl- Brett Gardner in the lineup a lot more than I think people expect. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, it, it, it'll be interesting to see because I, I'm sure the Yankees have at least talked to Brett Gardner about, hey, you know, the role is going to be a little bit different this time. But funny things happen with veterans, especially yeah. veterans that are really likable. And by all accounts, Brett Gardner is very, very likable in the in the locker room. He would not be back if he wasn't. Um, no. So this will be an interesting situation. I do think at the very least it does drop Frazier in my rankings at least a little bit. And it could be substantial. I, I really want to see uh, – spring training isn't a perfect example of how this stuff goes. But I really want to see um, – how this goes before I'm so I'm not going to be drafting Brett Gardner anyway, but I, if I'm going to be drafting Clint Frazier as a starting outfielder, I really want to see how that platoon's going to work. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see any scenario where I'm drafting Clint Frazier this year. I just, yeah. I don't see a scenario. One, you talk about Brett Gardner and even as he was being signed, Brett Boone said like, Oh, Clint Frazier's our starting left fielder, but Brett Gardner's yeah. going to play. And I said, sure. well, those two things don't make sense because <laughs> no. there's only one spot for them. And I think the other option here is that we have to remember that the Yankees right now, outside of uh, Aaron Hicks, the Yankees are going to be walking into the season with an entirely right-handed bat with an entirely right-handed lineup. Right. And that's a big deal. And we've, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen a team basically have their starting nine be all right handed. And yeah. Clint Frazier is also right handed. Brett Gardner is sure. a lefty. And I think there's going to be many a time where the Yankees will opt for Brett Gardner's defense and the fact that he's a lefty yeah. to play a game rather than Clint Frazier in that, sure. say, eight or nine hole. And that very much scares me if I'm a Clint Frazier owner because I, can very easily see a path. I don't have to look very hard. I can very easily see a path where Brett Gardner is taking legitimate time away from Clint Frazier. And also if you were someone 
out there who believe that Mike Talkman could be an option, you know, a deep league option or something like that. Brett Gardner just took him off the board. That's it. For sure. Uh, there's yeah. just nothing there unless at least one injury would have to occur before me to even bring up Mike Talkman again. Again, and a lefty I who I thought would be there, but now Brett Gardner's sure. taking that spot. Yeah, absolutely. At, at the best that you're looking at Talkman is as a streaming option in yeah. DFS. Um, yeah, I, I can't help but wonder too, at some point, if only out of fairness to Frazier, <laughs> make the move, man. To get this guy. You could get a substantial return still for Clint Frazier because he's still not an expensive player in terms of salary, still has cost control, has shown the ability to be that everyday outfielder. You know, if if you're a team that is looking for a potential middle of the order bat, I mean, Brett, I mean, <laughs> Brett Gardner is not that option. Uh, Clint <laughs> Frazier is absolutely that type of talent. I would I'd be asking the Yankees and maybe they are and the Yankees are just saying no we're we're going to get to to play someday but it's such a waste I I mean if this guy at least it seems like he's going to open the year in uh New York now I mean if I see this guy in AAA again I'm gonna tear out the very few remaining hairs that I have because it's such a waste it's such a waste to have a talent like that not playing every day you have to give him at least a chance between Clint Frazier, Gavin Lux, and Brandon Rogers, I'm not sure which one has just been stymied <laughs> more by just nowhere to go on the major league roster. Just all sure. of them should, if they were on any other team, would have been major leaguers for years now. And That's they are still, call. and all of them, I think Frazier just got past his his rookie eligibility based on all of that. But like, it's yeah. not by much. It's It's yeah. pretty much right there. Yeah, absolutely. And Lux is lost. And Lux and Rogers are both lost because I, I, as I was looking at my top 100, but that's, I would go Frazier just because he's been there for so dang long. I mean, we forget Frazier was in the Adam Miller trade, I think, right? Yes. And that was like 1984 or something like that. I mean, it no, sure it's, feels it's, like it's, it. it's been so long. But yeah, sure. Yankees. But I, and I've actually been lower on Clint Frazier than others. Like there was a big debate back in the back in the day um, between Austin Meadows and Clint Frazier because they yeah. were both coming out of Georgia high schools, and it was mm-hmm. which one. And I liked Austin Meadows considerably more. It looks like I might be right about that, but um, I'd like the chance to see what Frazier or what he can do as an everyday player. And you have to love his opportunity if he uh, the the possibilities of that opportunity if he does that a great lineup a great park to hit in play Clint Frazier man yeah i'm all aboard the free clint frazier train this year <laughs> yes. i'm making i'm making t-shirts i'm starting facebook groups we're doing it good uh last a uh, last kind of interesting move and i thought this was just a fun name that i haven't heard in quite a while scott casmir signs a minor league contract right. with the giants uh, in case you're wondering, hey, I remember that name. Uh, he hasn't yeah. appeared in the major since 2016 with the Dodgers when he posted a 4.56 ERA over 26 starts. But by all accounts, he has looked good. He has gotten a minor league invite with the Giants, and the Giants have done a pretty good job in recent years of finding yeah. little tiny diamonds in the rough and old guys that somehow get a little bit of spark back into their arm. So, well, Scott Casimir to is certainly not anybody is on the fantasy relevant scale right now. He's someone at least I see on the horizon and acknowledge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
I, th- this is bringing me back, but the, the one of the most controversial trades I can ever remember is Scott Casimir for Victor Zambrano. I mean, because <laughs> Scott Casimir was like, if he wasn't a top five prospect, he was a top 10 prospect for sure. And, you know, he's, he's had some really solid years, but just really never quite put it together at that elite level. But I like Casimir. I think this is an interesting signing as a guy I could see being maybe that Tyler Matzik uh, version for the bullpen for the giants. I, I, that's what I would do. I wouldn't give him a chance to start, um, but we'll see what that does, but it is kind of fun to see an arm that has not pitched since 2016, getting a look and was apparently hitting 93 in his workout. That's yeah. um, pretty darn impressive. I, I don't even know if I could get my car up to 93 right now. So that's uh that's pretty solid stuff uh, for somebody who's been out for a while. And, you know, obviously no fantasy relevance, but it, it is kind of fun to to steal something from David Roth, remember some guys. <laughs> exactly. Before we get on to our next section, a couple quick things. One, a friendly reminder that the magazine and online guide are now both up and available. So make sure you guys are heading over to NBCSportsEdge.com slash MLB to take a peek at the online guide. It looks great. Also, while you're there, make sure you guys sign up for NBC Sports Edge Plus. It's 10% off any premium subscriptions, either monthly or annually. For any tier, you get 10% off with Bases10 promo code. That promo code again, Bases10. And keep in mind, that covers both MLB, NFL, NBA, and NHL. So if you're playing any of NBA or NHL right now, you get a double dip and it's great. So make sure you guys are checking out NBC Sports Edge Plus. Use that promo code BASES10. Do I get that deal? No, you don't get can that I, deal. I, you don't get that deal. It's It's been blacked out in both of our areas. I can't get it either. I've been trying. Just just knocking on Ed's door virtually every other day trying to get in on that. Just give me that 10% off, man. I'll talk to some folks. See <laughs> All right. what we can do. You're more, you're more plugged in than I am. I'll leave it to you. Maybe. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about Albert Pujols. Well, just an all-timer, an all-time <laughs> great. However, could this be his last year? Potentially, as his wife, it's always the wife posting it. The wife posted a message on Instagram saying, and I quote, today is the first day of the last season of one of the most remarkable careers in sports. Albert apparently sent two little heart emojis to that and then changed it and then it was reposted and then it was changed again. And then he told Bob Nightingale that he's hasn't made any decisions yet. So essentially there's a lot of smoke and absolutely no fire apparently, but it should be noted that this is the final year of his 10 year, $240 million contract that he signed with the angels back in 2011. Um, Pujol says that he has not yet made a decision, but he's going to have to find, he's not going to be under contract next year and someone's going to have to sign a 42 year old DH only. So I, I, I'm not sure there's a market for Albert Pujols out there short of him dialing back the clock this year. That being said, he's currently sitting on 3,236 hits, 662 homers and 2,100 RBIs over his illustrious career. Yeah, he's been pretty good, and we've talked about this before. He's going to be one of those guys that we're going to look back at the stats, and they're incredible, but they won't tell the story of how yeah. good he was in St. Louis. I mean, he was as good of a right-handed hitter in baseball's history. 
and just just flat out. And all due respect to maybe Hank Aaron is the only guy that could really compete with the numbers that he was putting up. Um, the thing about Pujols is not only will he be 42, and not only has he not been very good lately, he's got a a 10 year service contract that starts to pay right. him a lot of money uh, as soon as he stops. Mm-hmm. I would guess that that money is going to be better than whatever money somebody would offer him to be a part-time DH type guy or, you know, that that's pretty much it. I mean, cause you don't want him in the field anymore yeah. because that's most 42 year olds aren't very good at playing baseball. Uh, it's just the way the world works. Um, but a heck of a career. I, I assume that it does come to the end uh, this year, but it, it's really something to see the difference in those numbers that he put up in St. Louis compared to, uh, compared to the Angels, to with the Angels, I mean they're good. There, there were some really solid seasons with them, but this was this was a guy who was competing to be on Mount Rushmore when he was with, uh, with the Cardinals. Yeah, and while it's so unfair because of recency bias, but everyone's going to sure. remember. Everyone's going to remember the last four or five years of Pujols and say, "Oh, can you believe yeah. the the albatross of a contract that was?" And oh, Mike sure. Trout could have done something if they could have taken that money and used it elsewhere. Well, which is a, what which have is you done a for me lazy, lately? Yeah, yeah, which is a lazy argument. But absolutely, um, look for the Angels. They weren't getting Pujols on that team without handing a ten-year contract back at that time. Nope. So every single year that he did something for the Angels, this is the yeah. the payment that you have to pay at the end. But 100%. I mean, when you talk about Pujols this year, obviously he's going to be splitting some DH spots with Shohei Otani, and Otani is has the far higher ceiling and far more upside. So it would not shock me if Pujols is really there just taking some right-handed at-bats against left-handed pitching and calling it a day. I'm not expecting much from him on that front. And if this is his final year, then somebody please make the angels good so we can have Trout and Pujols be relevant in September. That's all I genuinely care about. How nice would that be to see? It would be real nice. The best player in the game and one of the very best infielders to ever play the game to see them in the postseason sure would be nice um the one thing too is that with with Pujols is that uh Jared Walsh needs to get as much playing time as possible that guy was really good um we're doing our rankings right now and I was the high guy on Jared Walsh but not by a lot and we all have him as a pretty substantial uh fantasy impact type of player I mean he looked ridiculous in 2020 yeah. um so so definitely a name to keep in mind but that's another reason why albert pujols's final season if the angels are good might be more of a playing one out of every three or mm-hmm. two out of every five type of game situation yeah uh also wouldn't i mean if it weren't for albert pujols being such a great locker room guy and then not being able to do anything with the money it would not totally yeah. shock me if they bought him out but no. because of who he is and how much he means to that clubhouse, that's not yeah. happening. No. Um, so he'll be there. He's just going to be a very expensive bench guy. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's head over to the White Sox as Juan Mancata currently is restricted from throwing the baseball. Some news out of spring training. Manager Tony Larusa said it's only February and they're just being careful with him. However, if a player is not allowed to throw a baseball right now and opening day is about a month away, I think that's something to something. Some bells are ringing in my background, especially yeah. after considering just the down 2020 he had um, I mean, a good portion of that due to COVID, but he had a down 2020. He can't throw a baseball right now in a very deep position. 
it's it's harder and harder for me to to argue him as a top 10 at that position. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you know, look, it is super early and we the it's better to be cautious than the the alternative. Sure. I mean, it's but it is something that you have to be cognizant of. I mean, that's literally a large part of what baseball players do for the most part is uh, those who are playing on defense have to throw the baseball and he's playing a position where that really matters. Arm strength matters at third base. It is, it is a big deal. Um, Ultimately, I think that he's more in that 12 to 14 range anyway for me. I think third base is a really good position. Yeah, it's really good. Um, And there's some really intriguing young talents like Alec Boehm and, uh, some other guys that just aren't coming to the top of the Cabrian dome for me right now, but yeah. Cabrian Hayes. Yeah. That's a, I yeah. mean, look, those are, those are guys that put up significant numbers in their, in their small sample, but mm-hmm. these are not guys who came out of nowhere. These were upper echelon type prospects, especially bone. That was a guy who ranked in my top 15 coming into the year, not just for that year, for the, for all of my top 100. I mean, yeah. those are guys I'm seriously considering taking over Moncada at this point. The only thing that they can't do, well, the only thing Bone can't do that Moncada can't do is steal bases. Yeah. But Moncada has not run the way that we expected to. And Keeper Ryan Hayes can run. This is one of the reasons why I'm so high on him is because he's not your prototypical uh, rip and grip third baseman. This is a guy who could hit for average and steal bases. So those are the type of names that I'd be looking at if you were targeting Moncada as maybe a, a, your starting third baseman. Um, I'd put those guys above him right now. It's, it's just such a loaded position and maybe you get Moncada at a discount, which could be huge potential. Yeah. I love that white Sox lineup. Me it too. is so good. I would love to see either the white Sox or blue Jays face the Padres in the world series, to be honest with you, because I think their lineups are just so fun, but uh, yeah, that's, it, it's definitely something you have to keep an eye on anyway. We'll see what comes of it, but uh, until he throws the baseball, you really have to be worried about that. Yeah. I, so I think obvious it's point is obvious. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of heartbreaking analysis that we get over here. If you can't throw the ball, I'm not sure he's going to be that good. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about J.D. Martinez to finish up the show here. As he came out and was quoted to say that he wasn't really prepared for last year. Look, this is J.D. Martinez. I mean, that's a, that's a hard sentence to say, but you know what? In a 2020 stop-start world, it's it's slightly more understandable, so I'll give oh, him gosh. the benefit of the doubt. Um, kind of weird for a professional to say that he wasn't quite ready for the start of the season, but that's besides the point. Uh, look, J.D. Martinez last year was ranked as, I think I have Matthew Pouliot's ranking here, as uh, 36. He was 35 last year on Matthew Pouliot's rankings for Yahoo, and this year currently being drafted – at 92. So a real fall, a six round difference from last year to this year, just barely squeaking in on inside the top hundred people drafted. Look, JD Martinez is only 33 years old. There's still a pretty good offense surrounding. I don't like that team, but there's a pretty good offense there uh, in Boston still, as long as, you know, Alex Verdugo and uh, Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts, there's still enough offensive talent on that roster for me to be really interested in a guy like J.D. Martinez. If he has outfield eligibility, I'm not exactly sure. We're still figuring out eligibility this year, which is annoying that we still have to kind of figure that out because I'm not entirely sure who's eligible where. But if J.D. Martinez has outfield eligibility and it's not just stuck in your utility spot, I think he is a great 
bounce back candidate this year. We didn't forget where he was just two years ago. He was a top 10 talent. Now suddenly yeah. you're getting him just slightly inside the top hundred at to spend a ninth round draft pick on him. This right. is a guy who I think has, I think everyone kind of forgot about 2019 is so focused on 2020. I am willing to throw the book out the window for JD Martinez's 2020 and him locked in this year, prepared on a regular schedule. And I think maybe more importantly than anything, you, he gets back in-game video this year, which he did not have last year. He said that really right. affected him. So between those two things happening, I'm, I am more than happy to have J.D. Martinez on my team this year. Well, first I will say, uh, as far as not being prepared for 2020, same. Uh, I yeah. was not prepared for 2020. <laughs> Fair, as point. Well. Fair I, point. I don't know if I don't know if any of us were truly prepared for 2020. So it's nice to have something in common with JD Martinez. Um, yeah, I, I really think that he's a great bounce back candidate. The only true designated hitter that I'm drafting above him is Nelson Cruz. Yeah. That's the only guy. Um, Jordan Alvarez and JD Martinez, I think, is a really interesting debate um, mm-hmm. because. Um, Uh, Alvarez certainly has, I think at this point, more potential, a higher ceiling, but I think Martinez has a higher floor. That's weird to say because he was really bad last year, but the sample is small. I think the video thing is really interesting too, especially for a DH, because it's not just that you, you can't go watch your at bats. It's also the fact that JD Martinez had absolutely nothing to do between at bats. I mean, that rep that uh, you get used to uh, a certain pattern, and that's a big thing for DHs. I know Edgar Martinez, who, yeah. uh, you know, the greatest baseball player to ever play the game, he uh, was a big video guy and would go down and uh, do a lot of that type of work because you have to. You have to have something to do. All due respect to baseball, baseball players don't really love watching the game when they're on the bench. They want something to do. And uh, I think JD Martinez, you took away the main thing that he liked to do with how being able to view those video things. So I do, sometimes I kind of groan a little bit about, um, uh, it's similar to kind of to the best shape of his life type thing where it's like, okay, yeah, there's absolutely no way for me to quantify this. So I can't take it all that seriously, but I can take the video thing seriously just because I've seen DHs talk about this, how important it is for them to have something to do, like watch their at-bats during the game. So, yeah, definitely a bounce back. It's silly that he's going that late. I think at the very least he should be a top 75 pick. I just want to point out in 2018 and 2019, let's see, 2018, 43 home runs, 130 RBIs, and a 330 batting average. 2019, 36 home runs, 105 RBIs, and a 304 batting average. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's he didn't forget how to hit. Just no. I'm taking that 2020 short sample size, throwing it right out the window, right out the window. and grabbing yeah. me all of the JD Martinez shares I can get in the ninth round this year. I'm all for Perfect. that. Perfect. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. That that's of all the of there's many players that we should throw out 2024 um for a lot of reasons. JD Martinez might be at or near the top because Playing for a team that was rebuilding is an understatement um, after trading. Did you know they traded Mookie Betts? They, I've heard. They, I've um, heard once they, or twice, they, yeah. They, they, they traded Mookie Betts for a, a can of beans and financial flexibility. Um, but it's, uh, it still makes me mad. And I'm not even a Red Sox fan. But, yeah, J.D. Martinez is going to be much, much better in 2021, partially because he has to be and partially because he's just really good. Yeah. Well, that is our show for today. As always, thanks, everyone, for the listen. 
If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to subscribe to Circling the Bases wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. And while you're at it, be sure to check out Baseball Pods on Twitter this week and show us a little love and support. They're hosting a baseball podcast tournament and give a little love to the Roto World podcast right there. And also while you're at it, give some support. Well, it's on there as Roto World, so we have to say it that way. It's it's on Baseball Pods as Roto World. We are circling the bases. Little whatever, just make sure you're voting for the Roto World one. That's us. But yeah. also, while you're yes. there, make sure you listen and support all of the great podcasts that are up for the tournament. Meanwhile, while you're there on Twitter, be sure to follow me at Kyle Don't Lie and follow Chris at Crawford underscore M I L B. Our next episode will be Friday with DJ and Drew as they break down the outfield position for 2021. Going to be a great episode, so make sure you guys tune in there. And until next Wednesday, for Chris and I, stay safe out there, and we'll see you then. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.